Hello, film friends, friends of film, and everyone in between. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am Jed Props, and I am joined today by Zoe Props. Hello. And Justin Sound. Hello. I took the adjective out. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. Um, it's an adjective. Uh, it's <laughs> no. you know what, Jed? You're amazing. <laughs> you. Hey, you can't use the ones I've used. Um, but uh, uh, Chris and Joe are not with us today. Um, Joe just Facebook checked in at Chichen Itza with Carrie Meback. Uh, <laughs> Zoe, where is Chris? Uh, so you know those um, big giant holes in New Orleans in the streets. Oh yeah, the the one that swallowed half a car uh, just this week. Yeah, just all those holes, and they fill up with water, and uh-huh. you see people right. bathing in them, hanging out, drinking a beer. Yeah, only in New Orleans. That's what Chris is doing. Oh, he's, he's taking a relaxing he, hot. He's having a, a hobo <laughs> sauna, right? Yeah, hot spring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, a bit of a warm spring. All right. Um, so yeah. He needed uh, a day. He needed a day off to hang by the pool. Yeah. But pop a couple colons. Yep. Say hi to the traffic as it passes you by. Paps blue ribbon. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be the award-winning uh, PBR. Yeah. I mean, they won awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got that ribbon. That's the award that they got. They did at that time in that year. That is still their award. I thought they won every year. I guess Something. they do if it's their own award. <laughs> Never understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love PBR and would have no problems with them sponsoring us. Um, so rules. delicious. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, happy new year. Um, it's a new year, new us maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, do y'all remember way back, haha, uh, to our first uh, episode where I mentioned a standard format? No. Um, well, it's good <laughs> because I'm hoping everyone does forget because how quickly things change. Um, but I do want to update you, the listeners, um, because uh, there are some things you will have already noticed. We will, of course, be continuing interviews, and uh, we have an interview for you today, in fact. Uh, but we have reoccurring segments now. Legendary lore, continuing strike coverage, another rust update once new charges get filed, uh rumors urban legends and some tea spilling on occasion and more that wonderful generic more um uh was it uh wax lips the candy of a thousand uses um so anyway uh we are hard at work getting our website up and our socials running right for y'all and we're very excited for what is coming down the pipeline for you that's right you the listener uh, we are very close to launching our new improved fun, and Zoe will tell y'all a little more about it at the end of the show, but I did want to give that little announcement. Uh, so anyway, enough about that, moving on. So Justin, Zoe, if I asked you what department is equally as important as camera, but with a fraction of the clout, who would you name? Props. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're an afterthought. What are you talking about? Um, uh, and a giant hit. Uh, Justin has a big smile on his face because I think he knows. <laughs> um, who would that be, Justin? Equally as important as camera. I was thinking more important. I mean, we're all as important as camera. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a very yeah, particular sound. department, yeah, sound, that gets, um, we all get to witness it on set. And I think the most common thing that you see is if a camera operator or a DP says, I need another take, then the director says, okay, we go again. If a sound mixer says, I need another take, 
sometimes it's fine. Sometimes they oblige. But I have plenty of times seen eye rolling like, ugh, fine. Well, it was perfect for the DP, but I guess we got to do another one for sound. Everyone's going to put on subtitles anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're making weird foreign films here. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's always uh, as a as a observer to it. I've always thought like, hey, that's a little unfair. Like the mixer should have just as much say so as the DP and everything. But um, absolutely, but, I agree. Anytime I've watched a movie and the sound is off, it's I, I can't watch it. Yeah, I can't watch it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I for <laughs> one really enjoy sound in a movie. Um, yeah, it turns out love hearing stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, hearing what the actors are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes hearing what the actors say is more interesting than what they're doing, to be honest. I mean, there's a whole movie called Glengarry Glen Ross. It's pretty much all dialogue. Mm-hmm. So don't really care what they're doing. <laughs> it's because it's mostly dialogue. Yeah, every Quentin Tarantino movie ever. <laughs> a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of talking. <laughs> Lots of jibba-jabba. Um, but uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, Justin, would you say that's a fair assessment? Or am I being too harsh? No. No, I I, I say that's a, that's a very... Fair assessment. How many times has that happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> the sound part of someone griping about not um, wanting to go again because sound needs to go. It again. literally just happened the other day, uh, uh, about okay. a week ago. Um, First time or? Oh, no. Often enough, oh, this yeah. is the most recent. No, 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 no. Mm. Definitely. Uh, it happens very often. Uh, the You know, the production sound mixer kind of has to be the judge of how something sounds on the recording the directors the producers nobody's going to hear that accurately compared to the sound mixer and so uh they do have to trust the sound mixer to you know give them that knowledge some directors are a lot more appreciative of that um and some are not and they just you know are confident that they can get things done just as well in post and so that's kind of the uh, the struggle that we deal with a lot yeah sound struggles sound struggles Mm -hmm. sounds good sound (laughs) struggles um well let's get into it because we have a sound guest today our first sound guest that is not justin um we have donovan sound so let's welcome donovan donovan welcome welcome donovan Hi, Donovan. Hello. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. All right. So uh, we're going to ask you the obvious question uh, that we all know the answer to, but uh, you are a boom operator specifically, yes? I am. I am. And uh, uh, for anyone uh, listening that may or may not know what a boom operator is, even though it's one of the most iconic Mm -hmm. uh, positions uh, in the industry, uh, what would be a, a brief... Um, just a visual description uh, to clue him in. Um, so aside from everybody knows the guy who's going to hold the big fuzzy microphone above the actors, yes, but there's more to it. I'm second in command in the sound department behind the, you know, the production sound mixer who's the mm-hmm. department head and pretty much relaying information. I am on set all the time, have to pay attention to all the details about what's going to happen, you know, what's going on, who's speaking when. Um, and relay all that information to the sound mixer and anything he has sound notes wise that needs to go to, you know, an AD or director or someone, I'm usually facilitating a lot of those notes as well. So 
kind of that. And then also microphone placement around the sets. We use a lot of plant microphones, which are just microphones we're hiding all over the set to either pick up a line of dialogue that can't be grabbed on something or my microphone or, you know, their lavalier mic for some reason or for sound effects for different effects, you know, any, any situation where this effect work like car buys cars passing by just because we see it in the picture, we might accentuate it by putting a microphone somewhere over there to get that sort of thing. That's a, um, you just brought up something kind of interesting in our very first episode, we talked a little bit about our radio channels and no normal radio channel is truly secure because uh, you can always turn the dial to another channel, Mm -hmm. but sound is not on those. So it makes it a lot more fun. You always see the whispering stories going on where you'll see, say you, you've retracted the pole down, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of holding it close and you're whispering into it and you and the uh, mixer having a a side conversation about stuff. And I always feel like there's dirt or something going on. It's probably more technical and not as interesting, but. Sound mixers always have the gossip. Yeah, they do have a lot of gossip. They do have the tea. Yeah. Um, It's. It's kind of funny because when I started becoming a boom operator, it was more of the sound mixer can have us on a private line or on our own thing. Mm. And he can talk all the dirt to me, but in responding through the boom pole, I can't necessarily speak too much specific dirt back <laughs> because everybody who's listening on Comtext, which is public, right, can hear. Yeah. So you have to speak in code or just give like a yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, but now you know, with the upgraded gear, there are ways that he can put me on a private, I can talk to the boom, it can be on private, and then we can switch it back to public. So it makes, gives me a little bit more freedom to respond to the dirt. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that's what I'm thinking about all the time. I'm like, how are they having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Producers are listening, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how everything works. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it, it's tough. I've, you know, I've slipped up and then you get the sound mixers. You can't say that, dude. You can't say that. <laughs> Not over the airway. Well, why are you telling me this? You know, then why are we talking about this? Why is the other way me? around when the, when the sound mixer forgets to go private? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And everybody hears the conversation. Yeah, that's- It's rare, I think. It's rare. It's definitely scary though. You know, I know for for me, it's like I can only say so much for the boom, but for them, if they did that and it was accidentally everything was public, Yikes. that's scary. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Um, well, let's uh, let's go back in time a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about growing up. Um, did you have uh, any kind of early interests that were sort of pointing you in this direction? Um, so when I was younger, I, I was actually more of a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I loved playing sports football, basketball, baseball, all of them because of being six or just being one of the taller kids. It was right. always easier to play that. Uh, and then I actually had a, one of my best friends who I've known since pre-K, Daniel Kleinpeter. Shout out to that guy. Oh, he's also that's um, two degrees of our world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a good buddy of mine. He was always the guy who was more interested in, in film. Um, I kind of started having more of a growing interest, hanging out with him, watching more films with him as we were growing up. And then we started making our own little web series, like, you know, TV show type, goofy, <laughs> funny things where we get together, come up with a dumb premise and be like, let's do that. And then we just make a whole episode out of it. So then I started becoming more and more interested in film. Um, then after I got an injury in sports, I couldn't play competitively anymore. Uh, I switched over to the drama club. Because Daniel was like, you should come over and act and do this. So I did that. And then that was a lot of fun. 
And then that's what kind of piqued our interest. I think we were like, well, we need to, like, I want to go to school for this, like film. I really wanted to be an actor. I think we both did. We both had agents at one point in time. Then that you find out quick that that does not work out. Um, yeah, that's it's uh, <laughs> a lot of rejection. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to handle a lot of rejection and yeah. still somehow believe in your ability. Oh, and also somehow yeah. financially support yourself while you're not getting totally. those gigs. Totally. Though I am just imagining you and Daniel only auditioning together. And getting <laughs> <for Jack>. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because we were it's, always a comedy. Your, your headshots are just the two of yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> you're given pages for one character, but you're both doing the same character. Right. In the audition. <laughs> we were a package deal. Yeah, so. It's a vaudeville act. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, though. Um, so what got you more specifically going the sound route? So fast forward we both end up going to uno Mm because they decided well that's the best film school in the in the state and i mean my parents and his parents were both like you don't want to go to lsu we both live like five minutes away from the campus and we're like no we're going to go an hour away to uno because their film program uh and when we get there we kind of later on i think in our college career we kind of started doing uh thesis films at uno it's just the grad student program. They would do three movies in their three years. And oh, yeah, yeah. they got a lot of undergrads to work on them, which I thought was honestly one of the coolest parts about going to UNO's film school was the opportunity of working on a set. It's like a watered down version of what we do mm-hmm. kind of on a bigger scale. So you learn, you know, different departments and different things. And I think I was like, hey, asked a guy, can I be in your thesis film? He said, yeah, sure. You can be a grip. I said, I don't know what that is, but I'll do it. Um, sounds cool. Uh, so yeah, he got me as a grip and I started meeting some other people and then it kind of just like fell into you're working on one thesis film after the other. Once people see that you like to do this, you like, you don't mind the hours, you kind of just start spinballing. And then, and then I think I was working on someone's project and he said, Oh, we don't have a boom operator today. Would you want to be the boom operator? And I was like, sure he's like yeah you're tall so you'll be you'll be great um (laughs) said sure why not and then when i put the headphones on and listened you know actually being there on set and like putting the microphone over someone and hearing their voice like right up in my ears and kind of watching this play out i fell in love with that like this is so cool this is like kind of what i want to do um and i also really love music so it just kind of all was like clicking and so I told the guy, I was like, yeah, I would do this again for any of the films. And he kind of was like, okay, told some other people, yeah, Donovan wants to start doing sound. And there's this place, um, a sound rental house called uh, Professional Sound Services at the time where he was like, you need to come and visit the guys there because you can do an internship and you can do, it'll count for school credit. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Let's go. So then I come and I met Justin. That was the first time I ever met Justin. And they were like, yeah, you can start, you know, once you get your school schedule and whatnot, you can start whenever. And that's where I spent a lot of my time at the end of college, a lot. I would skip classes to stay and hang out (laughs) at the shop to just learn the gear and meet people. And yeah, I loved it at that point. That is like, you just uh, spoke to something that I think is a generally good message to people that are, that have interest in getting in that extra level of interest does make a difference. I mean, not just having like the genuine interest, but also people see your interest. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it, I mean, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, big time. 
um yeah there was you know i mean we've had quite a few interns come through as you know and you were you you were one of the uh first group you know but we always yeah we always saw exactly where you were heading yeah and yeah it was gonna yeah we were gonna support that so that was uh so it was cool to be a part of that as well Mm -hmm. um and watch you grow in your career yeah and i'll say that i never recommended you for being the tallest guy in town (laughs) yeah yeah it was all it was always because you know because your work ethic and yeah yeah that's i've had a friend say that like i think i stepped in for him on a show and some somebody was like yeah he said to look out for the tall guy and he was like well he he's not just tall but he's also good at his job he really (laughs) cares about his job yeah don't just focus on the height I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same logic of going like, he's tall, he must be good at basketball. Oh, yeah. You know? Totally. That was <laughs> right, like, right. still get that question. Do you play football or basketball? I said, no, I'm a boom operator. <laughs> yeah. You're missing out. <laughs> Picked the wrong career. And, and also, you're right. Uh, shout out to UNO. That whole school credit uh, for internship is a deal maker. I mean, yeah. it, it really, I, I know they got rid of it for a while, and I was kind of bummed to hear that, but it might be back again. I um, hope so. Because, uh, uh, I mean, same thing for me. I that I had to do it for school credit. I, it was necessary to graduate mm-hmm. um, uh, back then. But yeah, uh, it, it's it's one of the things that makes that program very good. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's not just that we're a bunch of graduates that we keep seeming to find out that we're all graduates of the same place. That was not planned. We promise everybody. But we have had a lot of people on that we find out, like even Heather Ray, uh, I found, we were there almost at the same time, never knew it. And yet we were even in very similar areas. And so uh, we just keep discovering more and more UNO grads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely uh, solid groups of uh, workers coming out of there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get into the breaking down of the department because you did mention the mixer and you did mention yourself and there's generally someone else. There is a third person who is the sound utility. They are managing, I guess the biggest thing that they do um, is wiring the actors. That mm. is huge. You know, I will step in and wire the actors sometimes or sometimes you may get a newer utility that we're trying to, in, you know, get into the department and you kind of start the show wiring the actors as a boom operator and then, you know, they'll pick up, okay, this is how it's done. This is how it's done on this wardrobe or whatnot. So, um, but they're a huge part of the department because they are, somebody explained it to me as, and I like this, which was the production sound mixer is like your pilot. Then you have your boom operator, your co-pilot, and you have your utility is like your navigator. Oh yeah, that's cool. And it's totally true because the utility is also there to, Make sure we have everything stocked, cleaning everything, you know, doing so much just to keep our department organized and on the same page. Because while I'm on set, I mean, I'm kind of away. I'm kind of doing my own thing. And they're there doing the wiring, making sure the wiring is good. And then also all this other things that help our department run smoothly. I always feel like a sound utility for me, uh, like outside of the department looking in, I, for some reason, I'm always going like batteries, batteries, batteries. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what the sound mm-hmm. utility always seems to be doing is something battery involved. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the sound of their footsteps. Batteries, 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 And they also, uh, we mentioned Comtex. We could explain that a little bit, but it's essentially the headsets at the video village where everyone's watching the monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, uh, sound utility usually is putting those out, right? Yeah, yeah they're, more, they're more in charge of that world. Um, and you know the mixer will jam what is time code which you know we keep cameras and sound recorders and stuff all in the same and slates all in the same time code just for editorial purposes and 
they'll you know they'll get something from the sound mixer he'll jam it and then he'll go to the cameras and he'll jam that too so if they're ever really and slates so if they're ever really time code issues they kind of handle making sure that that's all what does that mean happy. jamming jamming it's uh jam well to, there's reggae right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jam i'm not hip on guitar. that either <laughs> um Basically, it's like the recorder jams a device. It could be, they have multiple things now. And that is just basically taking a cable, putting the time code into this device, this information. Then the utility will take that and take a cable and they'll jam it. So jam that time code from that box into the camera. So then the camera accepts the time code that's been generated at the recorder. And then they'll do that same thing with the slates using a different cable to jam the slates. And that's that's all for, for editing purposes generally, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's like so editorial can see that everything is on this same like time of day or, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on what we're going to do. I think it's time of day for if we're shooting day work. But then if you go into night work, um, I think it has to be hours of operation, which is like on a 24-hour you know, military time. Sure. Because you might pass over into midnight. And so when you do that, uh, the slate can go to like just zeros and it'll be weird looking. Whereas if you just do it military time, once you hit midnight, it'll be 24 and 25. Oh, people. gotcha. I see. Okay. Yeah. I, Cause I hear that a lot and I knew and assumed that it was that, mm -hmm. but in my head, I'm like sabotage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially for, for synchronizing the, the audio with the, the video yeah. Uh, recording. Yeah. 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 That all makes sense. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's, a, I guess, for anyone, like a modern day slate, the little clacker guy that the camera guy is putting in front, and you'll see a bunch of numbers running on it, and mm -hmm. then they close it, and uh, they turn it upside down as well, because uh, what, I guess editing needs to know they have the frame right. Yeah, it's like at the, I know that they'll turn it whenever it's at the end, if they do tail sticks and they slate, they don't have enough time to slate at the beginning of the shot. Yeah, and at the end of the shot, sticks, yeah. yeah, tail sticks, and I guess oh, the turn means it's the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it's the end of the shot. Right. This is this is the great thing about props because we only need a cursory knowledge of these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at them go. For like, oh, look, hey, if we were shooting them, that would be a prop. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, moving on. I just thought it was like, you know, the Dairy Queen blizzard. You know, <laughs> <it> upside down. <laughs> yes. So uh, we kind of uh, talked about it a little bit, but since we're, we're on the uh, miking up, um, I, I had, when I was putting this together, I had, um, I had a memory of, um, I did a show that Sam Jackson was on and I remember he had a whole thing where he didn't like to be mic'd up mm -hmm. and, uh, I wanted, if you and Justin could both speak to a little bit about some actors have preferences, advantages and disadvantages to boom versus being mic'd up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I would say, <laughs> Uh, sometimes if they don't want to be mic'd up, usually it's that they're just, they're being difficult. They're yeah. just being difficult. I mean. He was know. a very lovely man to everyone that wasn't the sound department. Right. <laughs> it's something about people getting in your personal uh, personal space. And they're just, I've, I've had battles with actors about like, you know, they'll, they'll try to make up every, oh, I'm not saying anything or, oh, I'm not. But they really do end up saying something. Even if it's ad lib, they end mm -hmm. up saying something. It's always a lie if they tell you I'm never going to say anything. <laughs> um, and they're actors. Uh, Sometimes they're just trying to get in and out. Yeah. Escape from set as soon as they're done with their scene kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's true. Sometimes y'all are chasing them down like we are. Um because uh, sometimes they're so quick to leave set, they haven't even gotten whether it's their wire or mm -hmm. a prop that's on them or something. They're just totally. The best is when it's a, a like a rubber gun 
for us. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, I understand it's a fake gun. You're still going out theoretically into the world with what looks like a real gun in your right. pocket. Can we please take that from you? you know? I'm going to say it's more TV actors. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so going into now a little bit more uh, about you specifically as a boom operator, mm-hmm. um, how do you learn to boom? Like as far as the, the you know, getting the best, um, you know, positions, getting the best, is it just learning on the fly? Um, yeah. At first it was kind of just like experience, you know, you learn, you learn sometimes a trial by fire, you know, you can't get the boom in the frame. That's always a clear thing, but causing shadows. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I would say when I first started, your arms would get real shaky and real tired. That's um, another question I have. Mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. How, how your arms don't turn into noodles. Oh my goodness. When I, <laughs> I remember the first on the first thesis film I boomed, it was arms were shaking, you know, and you're just like, you're in a little bit of rattle. And you're like, <laughs> I can't control this right now. Um, and you, you get used to it after a while. You got muscles, I guess, that develop there that make hmm. it easier to, and you, you learn different techniques too, you know, always rest. You go from up top, then bring it down when you have a moment of rest or if they're going to reset or whatever always find time to bring the boom down and give yourself some sort of rest because you don't need to hold it in the up position for the longest time. Or if someone's seated and you can manage to not have to hold it all the way up above your head and you can hold it, you know, more Mm. at chest level or something, that's always the preferred option. Um, That feels like um, the new exercise craze waiting to happen is going to be like a boom Pilates. Yeah, Everyone's holding a pole. (laughs) Sure. Instead of like work out like yeah. a stunt man, work out. Yeah. If you want to get your your blood flow to defy gravity more, um, <laughs> come do boom Pilates. Um, the, the coach matters too, though, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're kind of getting coached through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, right, right. Uh, because the mixer has a little screen that they can see um, what camera's seeing. Right, right. Yeah. But they can also hear a little bit more accurately mm-hmm. what what it's capturing right. than, mm-hmm. than what the actual boom operator hears because it gets sent to him and then relayed back and right. you know, all kind of and, oh, wireless stuff. And so that's that's also, so the mixer would be the one going a little higher, a little higher, you're clear, that kind of thing. Yeah, like they can help you. I mean, once you once you start, you always want to get your position. You want to be opposite if they put lights near the camera. You always kind of want to be on the opposite side of the light. You would never want to have the boom cross the light or be standing in front of a light because... One, it's going to make shadows, and two, the gaffer, um, he's going to be mad at you because he thinks that you're blocking some sort of light from hitting the actor. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's step one, and then you have to look and see if there's any shadows on the wall, and you have to get your frame line, which you can either do with the sound mixer or with the camera operator, and say, hey, look, you start with the boom in the frame, and then you go up, 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 up until they tell you that you're out. And then I like to always try to find, if I can, like a marker or something, with like I'll close one eye and then look and see if there's like a speck on the wall or somewhere like a picture frame that you okay you can't go the mic can't go below this part of the picture frame or something that just gives me just that I know and you know that that helps a lot yeah that's smart so we want to tell you about teaser fest burlesque excellence immerse yourself in a world of allure at teaser fest a burlesque extravaganza in the heart of new orleans from january 18th to 21st seven showcases guys countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the orpheum theater with live jazz to the avant-garde vera tease featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue 
<laughs> Sorry, I chuckled. Because <laughs> I think it's supposed to say varieties. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> That's why uh, Yeah, so we should probably do wait, that. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> what did I say? What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? I would have. Cinema verities. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry. It's like the kid in class. You're reading out loud. <laughs> no, but I mean that's. <laughs> no, I feel like we should shame people more. I feel like it, it gets people on their toes. Uh, I see you into the varieties. Varieties. Derek Zoolander School for Yeah, varieties. Yes. <laughs> yeah, varieties. Varieties. Uh, <laughs> let me do uh, seven showcases. Countless thrills. From the tireless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde Verities featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. Varieties. <laughs> Varieties. 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 Somebody <laughs> else do it. Somebody else do it. Hey, hey, man. You want to take a sip of this? Seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde. You're not going to be able to get through it. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going Seven showcases. Bob Hollis. <laughs> that wasn't me. All right, that wasn't me. Seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde varieties featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. It's at the Orpheum Theater, gang. Witness burlesque magnificence in this historic gem, a perfect backdrop for the extravagance of Teaser Fest. After Dark Adventures, explore edgy, one-of-a-kind acts that redefined late-night entertainment. Teaser Fest celebrates New Orleans culture with live music, crafted cocktails, and intimate performances. A festival like never before. Elevate your senses at Teaser Fest, promising enchantment, amazement, and a celebration of burlesque in all its forms. So get your tickets now. Visit teaserfest.com and secure your place at the hottest burlesque event of the year saw the sixth sense in the theater and the infamous studying stuttering stanley scene the boom mic was in the shot but then when the movie came out on video it wasn't there and i guess it was something about the way it's cropping uh mm. for like home release versus what was in cinema that's kind of a guess but i i remember mm. that's maybe the only movie i ever saw that it was blatant well Kentucky Fried Movie, Justin and I were talking about it last week. That's a whole other conversation, mm -hmm. but not intended to be in the shot. I, that's yeah. the most glaring one, but mm -hmm. I never, I've never been able to know the real answer. So I'm kind of asking a question, like, because that's just speculation about how the framing is, maybe, or hmm. I don't know. How did, how did they get it out? Well, why would it have been in, in the shot and the theatrical, like in the theater, but then in the home? You know, I mean, there's no way they, they... Well, they might not have... I guess they. it sounds like maybe they didn't realize until after theatrical release. That's a pretty that big thing to miss. And then, because you can... I mean, I don't... I, I would assume by that time you could probably paint it out. Yeah, right? digitally and, edit it out at that yeah. point. But yeah, it was... It was that's it was, crazy. Because yeah, that's definitely a doable now. You can paint that sort of thing out. Right. If it's, if it's in there for just a few frames or mm -hmm. something like that. And Well, and now it's it's because it's so long ago, it's going to turn into like a Mandela effect for me. 
Um, Has it been discussed or are you the only person that's seen this? I should go. No, no. uh, Other people in the theater definitely saw it um, at the time. But um, I don't know if it's like all of us saw that one UFO. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but I'll I'll look it up. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll go check it out. Um, But uh, uh, now if... If because uh, we're kind of touching on on camera a little bit, and we like to jokingly rag on camera because we love them, but uh, they can be annoying. Um, and I'm only saying that to segue us into if you could change or improve something that you could within the sound department world that would be like an industry wide, maybe like a, a general improvement, a general change, maybe. Something as simple as more clout for the mixer. <laughs> you know? mm, um, Anything you want. Yeah. Any, yeah. Lighter poles. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some sort of mechanism that will take a, you know some of the weight off my shoulders. Um, like I don't know. Bionicle arms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. I mean, a lot of a lot of times. I mean, what I what I what I come to at least is uh you know just extra people and but but you do get that sometimes for for certain shows yeah um you know you can get a, a second boom operator mm-hmm. in addition and so it's a four-man team instead of a three-man team right. what, what's kind of your cutoff line for like number of speaking actors before you start saying i need more people like like if you not talking about a budgetary from a budgetary standpoint just from a manpower standpoint like if budget didn't matter as much i wouldn't necessarily say it's a it's a speaking actor count right rather than um um what else is going on right because if it's you know i know for a fact that we'll get them on like big music shows like i've worked on a team with you know four people maybe even five people depending on we have big concerts to do playback for and things like that you can make people live Um, events yeah or i don't know i think even on on leverage last season we were trying to maybe get a fourth person because of just the nature of the show. Now that is because there's a big ensemble cast Mm -hmm. and then it's TV. So it's a lot more run and gun. Mm -hmm. So having to, okay, we're going to move over to this thing and like, we got to get all the wires off these cast members, but we also still have to move all of our stuff over to this, this new spot to then they start rehearsing and you need a representative from your department. That's usually one of my jobs too, as a boom operator is watching the rehearsals. And being there and relaying any information to, you know, if we go up further and move, then I have to move with them real fast and at least go watch the rehearsal, see what's going on, and then come back and help out if things still need to be moved over. So, yeah, that that kind of gets tough when it's just three people, mm-hmm. you know, and I might have to take wires off actors, too. And, well, you know, just it becomes a lot. Yeah. Um, you you. you- just made me think of a, another uh, good thing to ask about. Sometimes um, when we can have shots where um, maybe let's say the operator's on steady cam, mm-hmm. and behind the operator because they have this rig on their body is uh, usually dolly grip, and they're kind of helping balance and keep them from tripping into things. Mm-hmm. And usually you are right in there with them on this crazy moving shot where y'all are physically trying to move as one entity mm-hmm. even though you're multiple people <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of cool to see the synchronicity of it when it goes well mm-hmm. um but it does maybe the sports background helps a little <laughs> i think so i think it, the coordination probably. it's a little uh, what, what was the football the hip twisting uh oh, you had to do i forgot what you called yeah it. 
Um, I think it, I think that might be some of it is the coordination just with sports and playing sports, but yes, it is. That's a dance. And that, that's part of the biggest thing is, I, I don't know, it, boom operators, I would say you have to rehearse, you have to rehearse the camera moves. You have to be there. You know, it's tough because if you don't do that or you're, you're away from the set for any reason and you're not there watching everything, things change so much. Lights get moved. You had a spot, then you walk away and then your spot gets taken by a light. And so they oh, yeah. come back right before they roll and you're like, well, now everything is out of whack. So I kind of just hang out as much as I can on set and you have to rehearse the camera moves, especially steady cam stuff, because you can't just be coming in last minute yep. and just be like, okay, I'm a part of this dance now too. And it's like, no, you never rehearsed any of this. You might be walking backwards, walking, you know, around this way, that way, or in the iron claw, like being in the ring, that was all handheld. And I did the first like rehearsal. I just watched where the camera operator was going to be moving. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to jump in. He was like, you're going to try to be in here. I was like, I think so. I think I can do the moves. And they're reluctant to it. And you have one shot, one opportunity to say, <laughs> I can be there with you. Because if you mess up, they're going to be like, find somewhere else to be. It's your Eminem one shot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I did it and did the move and then was able to, because it all was pretty much the same after you get it once. It's all pretty much the same dance at that point. You just got to know where you're going to be. At this point in the action, they're going to be over here. And you're kind of just following tight, following close. But yeah, rehearsals. Be You got to be on top of that. Um uh that's a that's kind of uh um again going into the, like the the tricky dance of it and and then to reiterate you don't have someone like a dolly grip that has your back mm-hmm. um so if you're backpedaling um all the more reason you need that rehearsal because you have a long awkward item that you're toting right. with you right um uh, not knocking the steady camera i mean clearly there's a lot of camera people with back issues because of it but mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot more tight and controlled versus um, this uh, extending appendage that you have. Right. Um, um, and then uh, kind of um, uh, sort of uh, winding us down a little bit. Um, if you were to kind of point out, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, the kind of things that that are your favorite things on the job, like, like when you feel really good about something like uh, – you know, it could be anything, just a shot going well or, or just something that, that gives you kind of personal satisfaction. Yeah, I think it's um, so after you set up a shot, like if it's a wide shot and or if you plant all these microphones, that's one of my favorite things to do as a boom operator is hiding microphones <laughs> and planting microphones. Because really what the whole goal of that is, is that um, and this is from working with um, a great production sound mixer, Paul Ledford. Um, he taught me that it's like a lot of what you see obviously the audience sees we're trying to convey what they hear naturally so you know you're planting microphones to have uh, if there's cars passing by in the background you have car buys which a microphone to capture some of that a microphone to capture up close near i'm capturing this person on the boom this person's being played on their lavalier microphones it's like this whole mix of all these different microphones to then make this shot the way that it looks sound the best way you know sound like it should look basically um so it's and then when that actually does happen and it sounds really nice and really clean and very natural that's awesome that's like a great satisfaction um and that can be hard to achieve because also you know finding spots to plant microphones can be difficult having the time to plant them you know you're rushing 
all this stuff, but you have to be quick and think quick on your feet to try to accomplish, especially what this sound mixer wants for his sound and how he wants it done all the time. So like it a symphony. Yeah, 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 really it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, whenever it's like you hear the sound, you say, that sounded great. Then you're like, okay, great. That, that feels good. That feels like, good. Um, uh, again, when you see him planting mics, I keep going back to Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> if, have you seen it, Zoe? No. Uh, I, <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I, silly question. Silly question. Um, I saw it in high school for the first time. But uh, for anyone, including Zoe, that doesn't know the long short, is that uh, the Zucker Brothers and Abrams that did like Airplane, Naked Gun, and mm. those movies, mm-hmm. this is the very first movie they did. Mm. And it's really just a bunch of sketches. But there are more sound jokes crammed into that movie than anything else I could possibly name. Um, there's one scene where the boom mic is a character uh, <laughs> in the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's uh, an, an entire thing that rips off, um, uh, what is it, Enter the Dragon, uh, but they call it a fistful of yin. <laughs> and uh, there are several sound jokes in there because they're being monitored, basically. Um, you well, haven't seen them, it either. I have not. I, yeah, have not I, I want to now. Yeah, I think, I think you'll take extra pleasure in the fact that they were so conscientious of sound jokes, but um, it, it, it is a wild movie. Um, we'll have to post them uh, some screenshots. Yeah, episode. we definitely yeah, should. Episode. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I it's it. I keep trying to avoid it, and then it, you say certain things that just keep triggering me back to it. <laughs> so I'm like, I might as well just say it. You dig it the most, man. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. But I I like slapstick. I mean, like yeah. my before I die, I will work on a slapstick movie so I can do props on slapstick because that is the ultimate prop movie for me. Yeah, you know is let's get weird um you know it'll be like 92 i need a slapstick movie (laughs) yeah well and those guys were so good they killed their own genre um it's like they they did it too well um but anyways um so um uh before we get out of here uh we want to thank you again donovan thank you for having me again um also you have a very good radio voice for for being you know behind cameras and i appreciate that i i do not like to hear my own voice, but I have to hear it all the time when I'm on set. But I appreciate that. Yeah, we're getting used to our own. This is new new ground for us. <laughs> I love my own. Right now. <laughs> the first time we put on the headphones, we we're like all everyone except Justin, who's used to it. But the other four of us, we're all going ew, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearing our throats. <laughs> um, it's definitely a a, a game changer. Um, uh, but before we get out of here, um, wanted to, uh, give you a chance to, um, kind of give you the floor. Um, we also have a, we like to joke, we have a soapbox you can stand on if you so choose. Um, uh, if there's any advice, uh, that you'd like to impart, um, it's a very open nebulous thing. It can be good news, bad, bad, bad. I mean, good advice, bad advice. Um, it, it's kind of up to you, just something that you feel that you've learned that's significant that you'd like to share. Hmm. Okay. That's a good question. Um, let me think. I would say, I don't know. I feel like I've heard a lot of people kind of who work in the industry and maybe jaded be like, Oh, you know, don't find something else to do. But really I love this job. Um, couldn't see myself doing anything else. So it's, it is tough and there isn't as much glamor and glitz as it might seem with Hollywood, but, um, it's a lot of fun. If you can deal with the hours and you can, you know, if you really, really love your craft, it's 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 the best thing ever. I know that we've dealt with a difficult time 
this last year. Yeah. And a lot of people have seen a lot of people leave. And, you know, I understand they have their own things and they were probably already thinking about it. But I didn't. Um, I, I wanted to stick around because I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I also have met a lot of great people in this industry. And it's very cool to see and get to meet all the different walks of life. And, you know, I think that that's also one of the greatest things about this business, too, is just the many people that you get to meet some have bad egos and that can be kind of rough um but some are probably just going to be lifelong friends and are you know very close and so that's always that's always a plus too but i don't know advice wise i don't really have anything super great um i don't edit that <laughs> I part think out. that was it man yeah i, yeah, I, I think, think that, that, that was, was pretty don't good don't be jaded yeah, yeah. I somehow don't knew that was yeah. going to be your answer yeah. <laughs> You're like the least jaded person i know yeah it's like you do <laughs> it is it is definitely easy to get in that mode and and we even joke like prop people specifically are, are kind of surly people by by uh stereotype mm-hmm. and um and it is hard because like you said the hours and the egos i would say are the two things that can drain you the most yeah. and um uh what i've reminded myself over the years and what i tell a lot of people is that the worst thing we ever can work on is still temporary. Mm -hmm. And that's how I cope with a rough show versus a good show. Because if you're on a really good show, you don't want it to end. And then you're sad when it does end. You're like, I just was in like a club med kind of situation. And now suddenly I'm off to the next thing and who knows what that's like. But that spontaneity is also, I think, something that attracts a lot of us too, that, you know, we're not, uh, and nothing against, you know, I was about to say a factory assembly line, noble professions, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that redundancy might not work for everybody. Right. And um, that's something that I think we're very fortunate for um, if it's your thing, because we have a lot of on the job problem solving. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I think you, I, I think that was perfect advice. And uh, let's see, uh, Justin, anything I missed that you want to add to? Because I, I feel like. Yeah, so. and <laughs> I was going to say. There's a wait, lot. <laughs> wait, Justin has several Donovan pages and I of I need notes. to talk for two more. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, That's what you've been scribbling over there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I just circling back to the beginning of the conversation, I didn't know that you you and Daniel originally wanted to be actors. Mm-hmm. I didn't know y'all were good friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and y'all had agents and everything. That's, that's, uh, that's crazy. But also it makes, it makes perfect sense now that I think about it. And so I'll have to link to this on our website um, for the viewers, if you're okay with it. Um, and I'll ha- also have to find it on YouTube somewhere. But if you remember what I'm getting at, you and and Lucas and I made oh my goodness yes I do <laughs> uh, a, a film that's on YouTube that we can fi- uh, probably find um, and it's a recreation of the printer smashing scene uh, uh, oh office, office. office space. <laughs> I remember that uh, yeah. when I was an intern at ProSound um, that was a thing that yeah that printer was giving us fits and then yeah. we're like well let's let's break it but let's do it in style let's yeah. do it right take it to pasture yeah <laughs> yeah we did a pretty good uh, recreation of it so yeah. we'll we'll link to it uh in the website that's oh, great no i'm excited Aww. for that too i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a, I, i'm I, that's another thing i'm learning is uh, a lot of people have 
videos kind of like what you just talked about justin and what you were talking about earlier donovan that's mm-hmm. floating out there in the internet ether that we need to start like corralling back in mm-hmm. um there's a whole there's a show premonition that was filmed up in shreveport post katrina and i just learned about a video called little premonition and even the actors were in on it and it was the crew clearly having fun and doing a whole side thing and we don't get that a lot anymore as much like no one's having as much fun it feels like they used to yeah. a lot more pranking yeah. and joking used to go on and uh i think we need to make an effort to get back to that because uh we work in entertainment totally you know? totally i agree with that by definition of the word um but uh but yeah that's i'm excited to see that now yeah um all right did i miss anything else I don't think so. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Donovan, want to thank you so much again for coming in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on set. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Donovan. Thanks, Donovan. Because I'm being followed by a boom shadow. Boom shadow, boom shadow. <laughs> Because I can't help it. I had to do it once. Uh, that is a tired joke in the industry. They love it. No, every Boom sound operators and love that joke. It's their favorite and it never gets old and they laugh. It's also every an time. incredibly famous. Well, famous, maybe stretching it, but it's a very common film meme that we have seen many times over the years and uh, we will definitely have it on the website. Um, what about boom, boom, pow? No one's throwing that one <laughs> around to them. <laughs> Today it changes. Um, uh, <laughs> um, You're referring to the Batman. No. no the, the Black what? Eyed Peas. I got that boom, boom, pow. Them chickens just oh. my style. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for, for, for stopping was, short so we're staying like, oh, free of, cool of paying for rights for these things. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally dumb. <laughs> I can count more than an AD, I tell you that much. Um, I think for, I just tune out any song that has boom in it. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That's probably what Your brain is trained to take them out. Yeah, you just hear pow. Yeah. <laughs> pow, yeah, okay. Like the Batman comic pow, I got you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all have, um, I think each of us have jokes that, uh, well, well, that's probably a good thing we should probably kind of slowly trickle into the website is kind of putting on those tired jokes over and over again because every department has those kind of stereotype jokes inside of our industry that people are saying all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I guess a side example that would be for Zoe and I would be um, we're making fake drinks and it, it, it's only a matter of time before some random crew member or background extra goes, well, I'd actually like a martini uh, shake and not stir or they'll give some kind of drink order and you're like, ah, that's a new one. You, you didn't know. make any for me. No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a story for another day. But anyway, um, uh, so Donovan, I um, mean, he was great. Uh Boom operator, one of the most I- iconic, you know, positions. Uh, definitely noble profession. Mm-hmm. Angel from above. Mm-hmm. Literally above, because they hold the boom up <laughs> above everybody. Um, and uh, um, we had talked about it a little bit. Uh, always. Um, you know what, Donovan, get back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we had talked about it off mic uh, um, earlier, but... Uh, uh, the Star Wars guy um, is also a very famous photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you had brought that up when we were talking earlier this week. 
Uh, we should definitely have that picture on there because uh, that is a hilarious behind the scenes because yeah. it's dated in time with what the guy's wearing while on it's Tatooine, isn't it? Isn't it the desert? Yeah, it's scenes? a desert. Yeah, uh, scene the sand land sand cruiser, whatever. It is. Nerd alerts. <laughs> yeah. Zoe hasn't seen Star Wars yet because she decided years ago she's going to catch up in chronological order. So she's only made it to 1942 in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Um, I know my Black Eyed Peas songs. <laughs> but I do know my Black Eyed Peas. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I guess anything else? I mean, I think we kind of uh, tapped on uh, anything that we might have missed. We already covered um any uh closing sound thoughts for anyone i mean other than we obviously value you well i think i asked him not on the podcast if he hit anyone so that's i'm always curious about that i always want to see a boom operator hit someone oh yeah i mean definitely oh it happens way more than you know i never see it and i'm looking i'm watching it i'm (laughs) and they don't do it i would like it if just once a boom operator was just barely trying to touch the top of like a dp's head or something like that but then like if they could kind of quickly swing the pull away if they finally look up kind of thing you know just taunt them from a distance and then they'd probably get fired but it'd be funny for that moment Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes the fun one is if you have either small children babies or animals uh and you're booming near them oh so (laughs) trying to grab it and I didn't That's even happened? think about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. A little Old Dennis stories. the Menace with a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I've had cats trying to swat at it, you know, and then, and then babies just always try to grab it. Yeah. yeah. Babies. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So I've never, Smack them in the head. But I've never thought about that. Soft. A lot of times when babies are on sets and scenes, they're always looking at something specific because it's so hard to get a baby to make the product. That's why if you're really paying attention, a lot of times the edit cut will be like a special on the baby where it's like really featuring the baby as if Mm -hmm. it's a POV. And that's because they're probably struggling to get the baby to like, hey, hey, come on, kid, over here, over here, you know. But I bet they are looking at that boom mic the whole time. I've never actually thought about that. Yeah, of course they are. They put the things in their baskets, right? What are those things? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. In baby cribs. In a baby crib. Classic baby crib. Mm-hmm. Sitting there. Mm-hmm. And there's dangly bits. Oh, mobile. mobile. There you go. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> those. Wait, when you said basket, were you talking about the crib itself? Yeah, I don't know. They're yeah. throwing baskets, right? Huh. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how I got my kids. They're cage. Came, they came down river. And yeah, I just yeah, was uh, like, oh, perfect timing. I happen to need some kids. And here they are. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not asking any questions about where they came from. They're now my own. Yeah. My. So those baskets. <laughs> um, yeah, those baskets. Are the ones that I speak of. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we should get out of here. Uh, so, Zoe, will you tell the people? Here comes the boom. <laughs> yes. Let's go on. <laughs> One, two, better not suit. We want to hear from you, the audience. Do you have a behind the scenes story? Maybe you work in the industry or maybe you had a run in with production. You know, you live in New Orleans, New York, whatever, and some PA stopped you on the way to work and it was annoying. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about all of it. We love all the stories. Write us and maybe we'll read it on the show. 
Or maybe you just want to tell us that you love us or you really hate us and you want to fact check us because we're wrong about a lot of things. You can troll us, whatever you want to do. You might even want to guess where Joe or Chris are on any given day of the week. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. It's filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. We do indeed want to hear from you. You can also find us on the social media. Instagram is Film Folklore Podcast. Facebook group is Film Folklore. Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at The Film Folk. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. We really want to hear from you. It's very important to us. Again, we work in the entertainment business, so we need a lot of validation. We're very pathetic, sad people, and we just, we really want to be reviewed. We want to know your honest opinion, and it means a lot to us, because you guys mean a lot to us. And for any of you that really like us and have some change burning holes in your pockets and, you know, just any money at all, like a credit card, we set up a donation with PayPal and Patreon. Links are in the show notes of this episode and our website. Money helps us do more fun things, and we want to entertain you. Money helps you do more fun things, which helps us do more fun things, which is also helping you have fun. And it would be really nice. And we love you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. And that's a wrap, I guess. Boom, boom, pow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the uh, comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't hear you say black. Actually.